Hello, and welcome to Two Beards, One Comic. Hey, how's it going? Not too bad. How are you? Uh, not too bad. Uh, we're on episode, what are we, I think issue number six now? Six. Six. six we're, we're, half, we're halfway through a 12-part uh, miniseries. Yeah. yeah. Almost, almost uh, a dozen donuts. Um, so yeah. So uh, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, t- Tim. So for our listeners, uh, local comic book um, uh, salesman, I guess you'd say, proprietor, character. Uh, I was in there this past uh, Saturday and uh, picked up some graphic novels. Uh, and one of them is the comic album we were talking about today, um, Kingdom Come. But um, I mentioned to him we had a podcast, and he wants our info because he's going to give it a listen. So that's kind of cool. That's going to be cool, and also kind of scary because uh, he is. We don't we don't want to say stuff that's incorrect, and he might he might edit the crap he- out of us. And I was going to mention that later on in this one. I was probably like, you know, and now I was like. After I mentioned it, and I was like thinking about it because I was I got to email him. I'm like, he's gonna listen to it, and he's just gonna next time I see him, he's just gonna call it all the shit I did wrong because he's yeah. way too smart about all this shit. So, but yeah, I just thought it was cool because I kind of mentioned it halfway in a conversation. Uh, basically, I explained why I was picking up Kingdom Come, and he's like, "Oh, you have a podcast?" I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Send me the info." He's like, "Well, I'll play it on the radio or something." I was like, "Oh, shit. No. <laughs> oh no, oh no!" <laughs> yeah, I don't think he said he played on the radio, but yeah, yeah. I was but, like, yeah. "Oh no, you don't listen to it." Yeah, yeah, but too funny. Um, so yeah, so as I mentioned earlier, today I'll be talking about Kingdom Come. Uh, what do you plan on talking about today, there, Jeff? Uh, I'm going to talk about the Immortal Hulk. Oh, okay, is that yeah. uh, that's the storyline you've been reading? Um, that they sorry, I mentioned that the uh, you got the wrong cover the one time, right? Yeah, that's the, the cover. Oh, okay. The cover that I lamented about, He's... and then and then I got the right cover, and then I got yeah, rid yeah. of the wrong cover, and it's all yeah. worked out now. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, no, no. I just wanted to clarify that's yep. the story. That's the one. <laughs> that's the one. All right, on. Um, so I think last issue, I started. So if you want, you can uh, go ahead and go right into it. Uh, I think you started last one, or I yeah, started I last said. one. I started oh, last one. Yeah. Oh well, whatever. I'll listen. To remember, remember, uh, remember. I went from Hellboy, and then I, t- I said, Hellboy, and there's an issue where Hellboy teams up with Batman, and that's a segue. And then Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. And we got on to yours because I said segue. Uh, gotcha. Okay, yep. segue. Let's just say segue. that word one more time. Segue. 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 Uh, okay, so I'll start, I guess. Um, so, yeah, like I said earlier, I went uh, to Woods Clyde, and I picked up myself uh, Kingdom Come because I've read all my issues and because they're kind of slowly dripping back every Wednesday hopefully get back to full production uh, there wasn't any new uh, titles for me to read this week so I picked up Graf- uh, Kingdom Come because you were actually the one that mentioned I should read it uh, I surprisingly have never read it 
uh, Tim mentioned that actually. He's like, have you read Kingdom Come? I was like, I I know Kingdom Come. I was like, I'm, I know what happens in it, kind of roughly, but I don't really. I've never read it word for word. So uh, I picked myself up. Uh, for anyone who are listeners, Kingdom Come is, uh, as Tim said, one of the greatest uh, DC uh, stories. Um, it was uh, drawn by Alex Ross and written by Mark. I think it's Wade or Mark Wade. Wade. Yeah. Wade? Mark, Mark Wade. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, so I, I, I hate trying to pronounce people's last name on this podcast because I feel like I'm always saying it wrong. And then someone's going to go like, hey, you said it wrong. Forgive me. I suck at English. Um, but yeah, so I picked it up. Um, I pretty much read it within like half an hour because it actually is such a well-written and beautifully drawn comic. Uh, I've always been a big fan of uh, Alex Ross's artwork. Like one of my biggest pride and joys is uh, I have a um, an Alex Ross print. Uh, it's Batman. It's the title of the, the piece is called "A Knight Takes a Squire," but it's the oh, just a yes. beautiful, yeah. beautiful drawn piece of uh, of this whole Batman standing for Robin as Robin kind of is reaching for a a light. So it's kind of it's a beautiful. Anyways, if all listeners probably know Alex Ross. Every human who follows comics knows Alex Ross. Um, is just like it's one of those graphic novels. Like you can just flip through it after you read, it and like no matter what page you land on, it's just like just amazing. But yeah, so uh, great story uh, for anyone who doesn't know this the storyline of kingdom come i'm probably going to give it an unjustly synopsis but the basic premise is it starts with um and basically this character who um sorry i just pull out his name is it it's norman mckay i think mckay is his last name um it's been a while since yeah. I've, I've read it but yeah that sounds about right he's an old man and he's his friend who's on his deathbed is basically saying biblical nonsense about this coming Armageddon. And, uh, eventually is, like I said, his friend passes away. Norman, who's a priest, uh, eventually, uh, comes into contact with his being called the specter, uh, specter, uh, basically tells him that the things that his friend was hearing, is going to be happening to him and he is the person who's going to help he, Norman's the person who's going to help the Spectre figure out how to stop the upcoming um, again but not not stop it but see who needs to be judged basically but I think Norman is under the beliefs that he can stop it so they go through this journey which then leads to the fact that this in Kingdom Come uh, the Earth is it's, it's far in the future. Um, the, you know the main seven members of the Justice League have retired, um, and the world is overcome by new metahumans, um, uh, metahumans who you know perceive themselves as humans, but they're causing more damage and not really actually looking after humanity. The more 
self, like they're more involved with themselves. And from that, you learn that the reason it's like that and the Justice League has retired is because there was a, another human, uh, another metahuman, I think it's Magog? Magog? Yeah. Magog, yeah. Magog, yeah. Um, he's a superhero who takes the law into his own hands. Uh, when the Joker bombs uh, the Daily Planet and uh, kills pretty much everyone, including Lois Lane, and he decides, Magog decides that he needs to take it in his own hands and kills the Joker. Superman, just being, you know, the boy in blue, takes him into custody and he goes to trial. But unfortunately, he gets acquitted. And also, this whole poll is led to basically state that, like, Metropolis would rather have Magog. Uh, be the future protector of, of uh, Metropolis because he they think he did what was necessary and Superman wasn't willing to. So he basically goes, well, fuck y'all, I'm going to leave. Um, so he goes on self-exile, jump to now this current time where it's been overrun by these new heroes. And um, it's later found out that, uh, so it, it then picks up, so Wonder Woman visits Superman and goes you need to come back like there's something has happened you can't stop you can't you can't ignore what happened you need to come back and you find out that in this unnecessary battle with this character called Parasite uh, he gets um, he ends up destroying Captain Adam's um, uh, the suit i guess because he's living at uh, atom bomb so he, they destroys the suit in there for oh so causing... Par- parasite was fighting captain adam yeah yeah oh right 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 because he's a part of that like in this story captain adam is um a part of magog's um justice commandos or something i forget what yeah. it is and like um which then causes obviously a massive nuclear uh radiation which basically destroys all of Kansas. Like it's the soil is full of radiation and it's, and it, as well as the surrounding area. So basically that's when a woman goes like, we're in a state of, you know, economies failing, you know, we're running at like he destroyed, you know, America's breadbasket. You have to come back and you need to make this right. So finally, Superman does come back and uh, he basically realizes the errors of his ways. So he tries to recruit these new heroes and show them the error of the ways. And if they don't side with him, he's going to deal with them, which he then later on, he creates this like massive um, jail to house them. Um, But uh, in the process, he does end up finding Magog. Magog basically um, kind of breaks down and finally like says like the amount of stress he was under being the hero. Um, and then eventually, I'm trying to think what, how there's a lot of that happens. Like you find out the Batman uh, is basically got like a police stated Gotham. 
the flash is like this like living he's the living light. speed force yeah 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 like and so he you know there's certain cities that are protected by the justice league and then uh they come back once superman comes back they decide they form they'll get back except for batman batman doesn't he's well he's batman he's, he's always just stick in the mud yeah yeah he's always sticking the mud but there's a reason he's always he's got a plan as batman and batman's always got a plan so yeah so then basically the most a lot of the comic is superman uh control trying to get this under control throughout the whole entire world but it reaches a point where uh the jail can't hold the prisoners anymore so lex luther um who's always in the background manipulating things he uses this um whole event to um gain like basically give back the 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 earth back to humanity because he believes that metahumans are the bane of earth's existence so he through time has um you find out that he uh, has brainwashed captain marvel to be this savior like person to break down the wall and cause this massive war between the old human like the old heroes and the new heroes, and then us. Eventually, then it's a massive war. The fight in Superman. I mean, Batman's team then comes in, and they're trying to save people instead of killing people because the two he- two sides of the like metahuman heroes are. They just think they should kill each other. Um, eventually. Uh, UN decides that it's a lost cause, so they're going to drop a nuclear bomb on the heroes and just wipe out everyone. And finally, Superman is able to get through to Billy Batson, aka Captain Marvel. And he, well, he tries to get through. He doesn't, I think in the comic, it's greatly depicted. Like, I think Superman thinks he's failed. So Superman takes off to stop the nuclear bomb but in the process Captain Marvel catches up to him and yanks him to the ground like back to earth and then he goes and catches it and he says Shazam which explode you know uh, explodes the bomb killing quite a bit of all the metahumans and heroes but not probably you later find out not to the the amount it could have been so anyways Batman, uh, Superman first thinks that when the explosion goes off that he's failed so he kind of goes on this you know I always call it the red eye Superman where he's just nothing like he's got no cape and his eyes are red and he basically goes to destroy uh, the UN basically and uh, but then later finds out that so then this whole character because everyone all listeners should know like this whole thing for the most part is is told through the eyes of norman mckay who is this uh priest who's you know being guided by the specter to to stop this um so eventually you know the specter says you know it's done you know there's nothing else you can do but 
Norman convinces him to like let me talk to Superman. He does, and he basically explains like, you know, well you you know you, you have to you forgot who you were. You spent all this time focusing on the super, but you forgot the man. And he basically talks him down, and then you finally find out that the explosion went off, but uh, like Green Lantern and a bunch of other people were able to cause enough protection to save a high amount of of the heroes. Um, and then it just basically, uh, you know, they they work through thing. You know, um, Wonder Woman, uh, you know, goes back to Thanoscara. Um, you know, Batman ends up, um, you know, losing his black and he starts wearing white and he, you know, builds a hospital to help all the people affected from the uh, nuclear explosion. Superman, you know, I think he retires again because they only show him besides the fact that he's like farming. So... I think he might just retire. Oh, no, he doesn't retire, but he's, like, helping redo, get Kansas and all that back to normal. But then the best scene, actually, is the end, because they meet at this diner. Um, and it's like, it's like Planet Hollywood to us, but it's called Planet Krypton. And it's, like, a restaurant focused around the Justice League. So anyways... Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman meet there and uh, they're kind of just talking over what, you know, next steps are. And then, you know, Batman finally kind of goes like, so why are the, like, why, why are we here? Like, be serious. And they're like, well, we got you here to tell you. And Batman guesses that they're both pregnant, like not both pregnant, but she's pregnant with Superman's kid. So then, you know, it's them talking and, they ask Batman to be the the godfather and he's so he's like kind of you can get this you see this like he's actually this is a great job kind of drawing it in he's got like this shit eating grin like he's gonna oh like you're giving me access to train the next greatest like metahuman on earth because it's Superman and Wonder Woman's child so it's kind of cool ending how they meet in this restaurant after this massive war between you know Superman and Wonder Woman and Batman and all these heroes, it's kind of cool to see them kind of just meet at a diner and they're pregnant. And it's kind of cool, but yeah, I know it's highly recommend reading it for yourselves so you can get the the true justification of how good this comic is because I probably didn't do the best job, um, but you know I think I got the. The, the main parts covered for the most part? I think so. <laughs> what's what's also really cool about that ending is in the in the diner, I'll just kind of do like a mini sode here. But in the diner there's in the background there's this sta- uh well it's like a encasement of Jonah Hex. And um you can see him and, and he looks like what was weird for me is reading the book myself is like the Jonah Hex looks nothing like the Jonah Hex I grew up with. The Jonah Hex I grew oh, he's up like a, in a in a glass case thing. Yeah, he's in the glass case, and he's yeah. he's what he's wearing, and his hair is totally off. Um, yeah, the Jonah Hex that I love is he wears his old Confederate uniform and blue jeans, and has his hair shorter. 
And yeah. That's what makes him look badass. But in the series, and, I'll, and maybe I'll talk about it maybe next episode or an episode in the future, but because um, I got to crack him out and read him again. But in the series, the it was before the New 52, but then it kind of continued in the New 52. But the John Hex series from that, like the latest John Hex series from years ago, um, they they tell how he ended up in that diner and you actually find out that that was a, an imposter that uh, was impersonating Joan Hex and committing crimes under Joan Hex's face. Like he scarred his own face to look like that so he could commit crimes. Yeah. Uh, and people, cause people by that point had thought Joan Hex was a hero so he could go into a bank and rob it. And people were like wondering what's going on. We find out that yeah. he's an imposter and, and Jonah Hex, the real one, kills him. And then mm-hmm. he gets, he, the, but everyone still thinks it was Jonah Hex <laughs> because it's really crazy. But in the New 52 story, Jonah Hex gets brought into the future, the modern times. Okay. And he gets plastic surgery, which he doesn't feel too cool about because, like, it's kind of his identifier, right? It's his reminder of, yeah. of the sins of his past. And what it, it's what, basically keeps him honest because he realized he's this monster because he fought Mm. for the confederate army yeah but so anyway he gets plastic surgery and then when he figures out a way to come back into his own time there's this guy that has been running around as jonah hex committing crimes but he's wearing this stupid god-awful costume Mm. um so the real jonah hex stops him kills him and then some guys like I think it's like I think they even go as far as to say it's PT Bartum. They're oh, like, oh, okay. holy crap, this is the body of Jonah Hex. He's one of the greatest gunslingers of the world. Let's like mm-hmm. use his body as a sideshow attraction. And then it kind of like I think it does a montage of his body just like collecting dust over the ages. And then somebody mm-hmm. opening up a diner, sport like a superhero related diner, finds it and goes, Oh, I, I want to put this in my diner. And then mm-hmm. it kind of like everyone who knows it's either if you don't know kingdom come, you're kind of like, okay, cool. It just got put into a diner. And then people yeah. who did read kingdom come are like, Oh, I know exactly which diner that's going to end up in because it shows up in kingdom come. So oh, I see. Gotcha. Fun fact. That's it says Jonah hex, but it's not Jonah hex. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a kind of cool thing too. Like ex- a lot with Alex Ross's artwork, but in, a lot in this comic as well. It's like he does such great little detail of like of every human, like every person in the fort, like the background. Like you know, yeah. like some comics, they kind of just go like a that's a shape. blob, yeah, that's a of shape. a human, yeah. yeah. But he does like amazing detail, and then, like, but then there's also like like if you if if you pick up this graphic novel, read it once, and then go through it again and try and find all the like, little like easter eggs and stuff like there's like it was it was amazing when i was reading it because i'm reading it and there's a scene where superman uh goes to this like it's a bar where all like the anti-hero like bad type meet up to drink and you know there's like lobo and like the creeper and um but there's a scene where um uh this guy in a looks like a fireproof helmet and he's he's kind of I think giving something to someone or like lighting someone's cigarette, but it's 
the person he's handed to it's uh if for anyone who uh knows the album cover but the joker you know the joker and there's the cover album the artwork is this guy with a green mask no you know what i'm talking about what album cover for what band steve miller band the joker you know the joker um song oh yeah 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 yeah, so I should have said, I thought I mentioned Steve Miller Band, but yeah. Yeah, yeah so that for anyone listening, the Steve Miller Band has a song of the Joker, and the, the yeah. main cover album artwork of it is this guy in a black leather coat, and he's got this green, it almost looks like a Spider Man mask because, you know, he's got the kind of the black Spider Man eyes with the webbing in the middle. Yeah. Um, but it's in, he drew him in the comic. Like that mask character is in Kingdom Come. That's funny. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Yeah. I probably, I probably did notice it, but didn't connect it because, like, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So it's, it's like one of those things, like, you're reading it and his artwork is so amazing. And then you see these, like, little things, like, like, in the same scene. So, like, the joke, like, I'm going to call him the Joker. So, Steve Miller Band's. There was the Joker. Right behind him is uh, Rorschach. Oh, I mean, but like he's just in the background, and he's like most artists would just fill in a void, like a a, a person. But like he painted Rorschach, and then like you know, I mean, like just the artwork is just so well done. Yeah, it's it's a classic for sure. Go down, yeah. Oh, yeah, and that's what uh, Tim said. And, like, I actually, so and that's basically anyone that's basically I'm going to finish it, but yeah, so that's what I read this week. I read The Kingdom Come, but um, the reason I went there is because, like I said, I didn't have any more comics to read, so I was like, well, you know, I'll go in, find a graphic novel. Um, so when uh, what I ended up getting is basically just a Jesse Gagnon recommend to read purchases. So, like I said, I got Kingdom Come, I got um, uh, Jack the Jack Kirby 80th anniversary or something like that. I think I forget. I think it's. I think it's. Yeah, I gotta go get it. All of my comic book bag. Is it just like a primer? Is it just like a bunch of Jack Kirby stuff? Yeah, yeah. So it's the Jack Kirby hundredth celebration collection. Oh, cool. Yeah, must be some gems. And then I asked. Yeah, I'm gonna. It's a saving it. Uh, and then what else did I get that uh, basically was because of you? Oh, I picked up. Uh, the Sumerian Queen of the Black Coast comic oh, really? number one. Yeah, thought I'd give it a read. You what, know what's cool we, about that? We is uh, it's only two issues. That's the Queen of Black Coast, which I was surprised with. They're going to do Red Nails next month, but it's only two issues. That's Queen of the Black Coast. Oh, yeah. Has number two come out yet? Yeah, I picked it up a few weekends ago. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. I only saw the one. Um. Oh, I'll pick it up if I like this one. Yeah, I picked up the one that's like the action comics kind of looking cover. Oh, yeah, that's good. We smash in the boat. Yep. 
Um, and then I also picked up because Tim sent a bunch of his like comics that he had in his basement kind of thing. So he had a uh, classics illustrated um, version of uh, Jack London's The Call of the Wild. Oh, no way. How did yeah, I miss that? So I, picked the... I saw that two uh-huh. weekends ago. Fuck. Who does the art for it? Um... Uh, I think adapted by Charles Dixon and Rashado Villagram. Oh, I don't know that artist. Still, that's pretty. The cool. artist, the artist is uh, Ricardo Villagram. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. yeah, so I picked that up and gave it a read because that's that is that's... my favorite novel of all time. Is Call of the Wild. Oh, is it? Yeah, White Fang, oh. Call of the Wild, or like it is. I probably read that that story at least seven times, six times. Yeah. Well, you know, after I'm done reading, I'll give it to you if you want. Yeah. Like really, yeah. if, if the art's if the art's good, the art's good. That's a playway going. Yeah, I fucking hate you. I should. Yeah, fucking dick. <laughs> it's like when I say like. Uh, one day I'll give you that Donatello. Yeah. Fuck. I, I don't <laughs> remind you of that Donatello. <laughs> ah! <laughs> oh, well. For anyone, I think we've talked about it before on our podcast, but yeah. I, I think, it, and what's funny is, I think we ended up like at the end of the day, but you still, you really wanted that slash. But I think that, I think we would have been po- both perfectly content if, we ended up having the opposite at the end of that day. Yeah. Cause yeah, you love that. Don't tell. Well, like, you know, yes and no, because like, I do really like that slash slash. When I yeah. bought that slash, it was sort of the beginning of like, I was really getting to color palettes and like the slash action figure. It's like, for those of you listening the slash uh, action figure is um, the best one. It's the coolest one because like, He's essentially the evil turtle. And I kind of have this thing, this like pendant, if you will, of. I think we both do. Yeah. For, but no, I have this thing for like the villains that were copies of the heroes. So, like, I have, oh. I have a faker action figure who's like, he's like the robotic blue skin version of He Man. Um, mm. I have Slash. I have, um, trying to think of other people um like i just i like i like the evil versions of the hero so there's in every story there's a hero and then there's like an evil version of that hero that is like well yeah and i think that's i was saying like i think i'm the same way like i like you know slash i think he's one of the coolest characters i guess you could see venom i've always been a massive fan of Venom, yeah. like Spider-Man's cool, but Venom's cool. Venom, and yeah, Venom's a great example of that. Like, well, like when I was a kid, um, I always thought, like, I thought, um, Azrael's Batman was like the dopest shit ever. Yeah, which is exactly. basically the same premise, like an evil Batman. But yeah, no, they're always cool. I have, for I have, I think three of them now, slashes, because I just keep buying them do you do you have the crooked dagger 
Uh, no, that's so. It's, that's it's so hard to find the Kirk Dagger. I don't it, know what it is. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to get. I almost had one once, but the guy said he wouldn't send it to me because I lived in Canada. That is stupid. It yeah, is no, like I gave you those extra ones. I was yeah. able to find the kangaroo for what's his name. The what? For you. The the little marsupial for. Oh yeah, uh, Rue. Yeah, yeah. So now, yeah. So that's yeah. good because now I have a complete uh, kangaroo. But. Yeah. Yeah. Which now I. I go. Wow, man! I should have kept it because now I have the kangaroo and I don't have the marsupial. <laughs> well, there. He's another. I have. Um, I have everything for him. Like I have the boomerang and all that. I'm just missing the little marsupial. Yeah. Um, I have everything except for the crooked dagger for slash. So, but I also have. He doesn't match the action figure, but I also have um, the um, the purple belt. I have both. I have black and purple. Which one's the rare one? Uh, the purple one, I think. Yeah, I have the. Yeah, I, think I have the it, purple belt. I have the wrong action figure for it. Yeah, it's. I think we have we have the tan chest. Yeah, and then supposed to be yellow. the yellow chest is the rare one. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. I but, prefer the black belt because I think it just looks better. But yeah, I have both. But yeah, yeah. but yeah, no, I have three of those. I have two of the kangaroo now. Because that's why, though, is because I a lot of times I'll buy the whole thing and then I'll see if he's got the pieces. Yeah. And a lot of you that's if you're big into collecting action figures, that's the way you do it. You buy lots and then you kind of piece together your own personal collection. And then you, you're supposed to sort of just sell the stuff you don't need and buy, yeah. like, and use that money to buy more lots. So, well, that's what I used to do a lot of times. I just buy, like, especially on Facebook Marketplace, you buy, like, a box of, like, they'll just sell it on Facebook Marketplace and be like, hey, this is a, a box of, so and so action figures, twenty bucks, and yeah. but you don't know what's in it really. Yeah. And I've done that a lot of times, and I a lot of times I'm able just to sell, you know, I take two, three out of them because that's usually you know all the good ones, all the most of it is just the crappy high production, you know, pretty easy to find stuff. So yeah. usually I only get like one or two great finds and then i usually am able to sell the rest of them back for what i paid or sometimes more like i bought this one box i think i bought it for like 25 bucks and i was after i did the math on how much the figures kind of were worth i was like i could easily get 40 bucks for this and that's what i ended up selling it for and i was still managed to get you know a bunch of armor pieces like i think that was the big thing is like there's like armor pieces. I found the wings for a Batman figure I had from it when I was a kid. It was like this rubber winged Batman that was in there. Oh, is that know, the one that to... has the uh, suction cups for it? Like, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. like a purple suit with red yep. accents. Oh, yeah. Frick, I love that. That, was in... that guy was cool. Yeah, that was in the box. Um, the gun for the red suited Azriel was in it. So like I think I remember paid twenty bucks for this action figure. And I think I got more accessories out of it than I did action actually action figures. I mean, which is sometimes worth the most. Like most times, I pay more money for like little bags of accessories than I do for like actual whole figures. 
That's sick. The high recommend for anyone listening. If you go to any of these little flea markets or toy fairs or stuff and you see someone selling, you know, a bag of accessories, sometimes just buy it. You know, it might be five bucks. Buy it because you never know. There might be some crooked dagger in there that some guy will be willing to pay like ten bucks. Ten bucks. I'll take it. Take it. Here, take the crooked dagger, guys. Yeah. Has to be pink though. Has yeah. Well, oh yeah, it has to be pink. Not the purple. Oh, is it purple? <clears throat> no, his 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 things are pink, aren't they? Pinkish purple. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, what do you uh, what did you read this past week? So um, well, it's like not something I like I've read in the past week. But, um. Oh, what do you want to talk about? Oh, cool, cool. Look, hey, look out the window. There's that guy. Oh, is that? Is that... Oh, he's on a segue. He's on a segue. Oh, that's weird. Well, um, yeah, so funny mention that. Um, I'm reading The Immortal Hulk, and the covers are done by Alex Ross. Oh, he fell. Oh, he's getting mad. You won't like him when he's mad. It's the Hulk. Oh. <laughs> no, but seriously, <laughs> there's a segue. There is a segue because the, all the covers, and this is why I made such a big stink about getting that one cover. Is because I have all the covers that are done by Alex Ross, and I want to keep that run ah, going. Segway, Alex Ross, King Come. Now he's doing Hulk. Imagine that, and we didn't even plan that. Nope, we didn't. Totally, that was the cosmic comic universe. Yep, working. The, the Watcher is watching us. Yeah. Rest in peace, Stanley. Yeah, the watch, the the Watchman, the Watchman, and the Watcher. Um, so yeah, so basically what's really cool, um, is he's, he kind of, Alex Ross, like he, you know, he's big for King to come. And I think he did a Marvel kind of version of King to come called Marvel X and he did a bunch of other stuff. And then he kind of like, you didn't hear much from him for a while. And then he kind of came back. And one of the big things, one of the big things he came back with was doing covers for, um, different comics and one of them was Immortal Hulk. And so just to go into like the Immortal Hulk, it's it's written by Al Ewing um, and drawn largely by his last name's Bennett. Joe Bennett. And um I honestly before starting this series I was never really a Hulk fan. I mean like I always enjoyed having the Hulk in stories. You know, he's kind of could be an interesting character. But for the most part, I was kind of like, ah, not big on the Hulk. Like, I, Marvel-wise, I was more of like, um, oh, shoot, here's another segue. Um, there's another guy on the segue. Uh, Captain America, who the new series Captain America that I was really big into was written by Mark Wade. So, what? yeah. So there you go. Um the cool thing about Mark Wade is he he's very good at writing wholesome stories, um, and that's part of the reason why I love the the, the Captain America story that he did. Um, he also did a Daredevil story that I sh- I've been meaning to at some point pick up the trades for because I've been told it's actually really good his Daredevil run. But yeah, he he wrote Captain Mar or Captain America, and it's such a every episode just makes you feel warm and fuzzy inside because he really writes Captain America the way he should be written. It's just this guy that just 
wants to do the right thing and help everybody. So, <clears throat> so yeah. So anyway, back to Hulk. Wasn't a big Hulk fan, um, but then I I heard there's this new series starting called The Immortal Hulk, and one of the big things that they were advertising for this series was that this is a horror story. It's not meant to be a superhero story. It's not meant to be like heroics. It's a twisted, screwed up um, horror story. And the premise is, is like somehow through the Hulk's radiation of gamma rays, um, he's, he's adapted this ability to rise. So when the sun comes down, he rises from the dead. He like he comes out. Um, I think it. I think it was issue one. I'm pretty sure um, Bruce Banner like gets killed, like shot in the head or something like that. Something happens to him. He's dead, and and like dead, dead, like not coming back, dead. But then the sun comes down and like he rises out of the grave, and it's like probably one of the coolest covers I think. And it, it really was like. Because at this point, I was starting to like, I'm going to start reading horror comics. I'm not really into superhero comics anymore. So I want to start reading horror comics. And then this this um, advertisement comes out for the new Immortal Hulk. I'm thinking, uh, it's the Hulk. But like, it sounds really cool. And like, I wasn't huge on Al Ewing. It wasn't that he like, I never liked his writing. It's just like, he wasn't a name on my radar. So I was kind of like, mm-hmm. ah, okay. But this is like towards the end of my like dispensable money uh comic collecting so this like yeah. like i've gone through phases so like for you folks out there just getting in comic uh collecting it's a dangerous game because especially especially if you have a lot of what you believe to be disposable it doesn't actually have to be disposable income you could be like fucking living i oh, sorry i'm swearing um you could be just, living <clears throat> paycheck to paycheck but you're just like oh i have this extra money i could dropped a hundred dollars on comics it's no big deal um so this is like still during that phase and i've recently been like no i'm gonna wheel it down to like stuff i really care about um but yeah so this 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 issue came out it's really cool and then that was actually what made it worse is because when the issue first issue came out it was like purple night sky there's like a moon and like the Hulk is like crawling out of a grave, and I was just like, "Holy crap, this is too perfect!" It brought up like visions of like Bernie Wrightson, who's an amazing artist. For you guys listening out there, like uh, I won't go into Bernie Wrightson now because like I think my next episode might be about Bernie Wrightson because I picked up his uh, Colt. I think you were there for that. I picked up his Swamp Thing run. Oh yeah, so I'm probably going to talk about that next week, um, but it kind of will connect to this issue because. Because um, a lot of the cool stuff I liked about this this Hulk story is like very Bernie Wrightson, Swamp Thing kind of stuff. So we'll get into that later. But anyway, so the first issue came out, I'm like, oh, crap, this looks awesome. So I pick up the issue, and essentially it builds into the story that like Bruce Banner, when he gets killed, um, he stays dead until nightfall. And then when nightfall hits, he rises out from the dead. But it kind of from there like evolves. Like he, it becomes like he starts. He's trying to hide at first. I think um, it's been a while. I should probably reread the first couple issues. But they're de- apparently, they're- you can read it for free on Marvel's website. What's that? You can read it for free on Marvel's website. Well, there you go. Go do that. I will. I I have the comics, so I can read them without the website. But 
it's up to issue 33 now, so it's been a while, and I'm just trying to remember. Um, but anyway, what what's really cool is, like, um, Rick Jones, who's, like, his sidekick is dead. Um, but, like, he comes back as this emancipated, radioactive, like, gaunt, like, gamma ray zombie thing. Um, there's this kid... I think the radioactive man gets buried and like this kid gets gamma radiation. He becomes like a newish radioactive man. Like they're kind of revisiting some of the old Hulk uh, villains and like characters and stuff, but it's become more of this like horror story. Um, I think for me, what I've really enjoyed about it is Joe Bennett's art for like doing horrific monsters. It's like mind blowing. Um, I'll fast forward to like the latest issue that came out. But there's a character called uh, Zemanu, and he's like this uh, brainwashing, creepy robot furry thing. Um, and he's basically what he does is he eats people, and then he turns them into like these grotesque, weird, half human, half robotic zombie people. Um, what he hmm. does, what he does to like the major villain of the story, the the Minotaur. Um, I forget what his name is. He's called the Minotaur, and he's the leader of Roxxon, um, but he has a name there, too. Uh, shoot, what's it called? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Zemnu, like, <clears throat> what he turns this Minotaur guy into this grotesque... Uh, I, I really wish people could see this, because it's really what drew me to stick with this series, is like, the horrific way that Joe Bennett draws these monsters and these creatures and these horrific things. Like there's it actually also in issue 33, um, Bruce Banner starts by like imagining what would happen if he released everything. And it's just this scene of like this four faced Hulk with like four arms and four legs and like grotesque body parts growing out of weird places and he's like ripped Captain America in half and he's like crushed Spider-Man's head and he's like um, ripped Iron Man in half and he's like put the Captain America shield through Samson. Like it's, it's not for the faint of heart. Like it's really not a kid's book. Um, mm. But what's cool and, and I kind of like glazed over it, but what's cool about that is another really neat part of this story is the, it's, you, you come to realize that there is no just Bruce Banner and Hulk. Like, you know how like you read Hulk stories and like Bruce Banner is like a separate entity to the Hulk. And like the Hulk doesn't like Bruce yeah. Banner cause he's a puny human. And Bruce Banner doesn't like the Hulk cause he's this monster. But like, who's the real monster? Cause like Bruce Banner was working on a gamma bomb, like, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, there's, yeah. there's been multiple Hulks. Like, it's not just Banner and just Hulk. Like, do you remember the Grey Hulk, Joe Fix-It? Yeah. And yeah, there's been Grey Hulk. Grey Hulk, there's, there's uh, Gladiator the Hulk. Calm. Calm, which is Hulk backwards, which is like the Hulk's Hulk. Oh, he's the demon. I think he's the Devil Hulk. Yeah, all I know is his name is K-L-U-H. Call, yeah. Calm. Call. Yeah. But basically, yeah, the way Marvel explained it is it's basically the Hulk's Hulk. They haven't really called him that, but there is a there's a devil Hulk that could be him. 
But what's really cool is what they do is they they basically make it part of the canon that they're there's Joe Fix It and he's sort of like the sly skeezy Hulk. Um, you know, he's he's not smart, but he's not dumb either. He's really street smart. He knows his way around. He can yeah. Like, he can talk. He can talk like Formal. like in the first person. Um, yeah. There's um, there's King Hulk or Gladiator Hulk. He was the Hulk from um, Planet Hulk, and he's like he's like yeah. the good Hulk. He's like the Hulk that's trying to save Bruce Banner's mind. Um, yeah. There's the Devil Hulk. Is that what? Yeah, I was gonna say, and there's the Hulk from Logan, who's like the Hick Hulk kind of like monster yeah but they haven't gotten to that because that takes place in the future so oh, gotcha. yeah they haven't done any hulks past the certain 616 time they've just oh, they're just gotcha. doing hulks that have been from the beginning to to now essentially but yeah essentially oh, like okay. that's kind of what's happening is there's these new hulks that keep showing up and showing themselves but for the most part it's just bruce banner uh joe fix it devil hulk um, there's dumb Hulk, like dumb toddler Hulk. And then there's gladiator Hulk. And That's in this, this thing, motor Hulk you're reading? The what? That's in this motor Hulk? Yeah, they, they're all in there. So okay. it's part of the story is like, it's these different Hulks are trying to battle. It's a multiple personality and they're trying to battle mm-hmm. for control of the body. And some are willing to let Bruce have it. And some are willing to let Bruce uh, be there's some are trying to force Bruce into the background so they can take over. Um, it's kind of really neat because it's a bunch of characters, essentially one character. Um, mm-hmm. what was another neat point of the, of the book is like, um, there's this dynamic between Bruce Banner and his father and you find that his father's like this evil genius. who's trying to open this doorway to another world. It's called the green door. And like some of the Hulks are trying to stop Bruce Banner from closing it. And then Bruce Banner and um, <clears throat> Bruce Banner's like, he's in this weird relationship with the devil Hulk because the devil Hulk essentially was always there even before the gamma bomb. And he's the one that opened up the green door so that he could become Hulk. So that you kind mm-hmm. of find that out and that's kind of a little twisted or that's what I perceive it to be. Like, I don't know if that's exactly how you're supposed to be perceived, but like the devil Hulk is essentially the one that would protect Bruce Banner when he was a kid and his dad was being abusive to him and his mom. Like he was the devil Hulk mm-hmm. who was trying to take care of him, but the devil Hulk's also the most twisted one. And he's the one that wants to bring about the end of the world. Um, because in his mind, humans are destroying the planet and he's kind of like, he's like the eco green Hulk too, because he's, basically told Bruce Banner that humans need to die or a lot of humans need to die so that the planet can live. So it's all these like weird, like concepts and like perspectives for all these different hulks and what they think. Um, And then you have the leader rocks on. I can't remember his name. He's, he's, he becomes the minotaur. Um, He had a big role in uh, uh, war of the realms. I can't remember his name. The life of me. I'd, I'd have to get someone to look it up. But anyway, um, I can't do it on my phone because it'll cut off the, the connection. Um, so essentially, it just it's it's up to issue 33 now. Uh, it's starting to, I think, reach a pinnacle. Um, the next issue is 
going to be bonkers because um, there's a villain that it hasn't popped up yet. Oh yeah. And that's the other thing too. You find out because Rick Jones comes back to life and he's this zombie guy. You find out at the end of this issue that Rick Jones isn't quite who he says he is. Boom. He's, he is the leader, which is an old villain, uh, old Hulk. Uh, yeah. yeah. Which who's super smart. Like where the Hulk, like yeah, the gamma radiation made him, made him strong. The gamma radiation made the leader really smart, like grew his brain really big. So you find out in this issue that uh, that uh, he's back. So, um, oh, that okay, gotcha. Yeah. I may have spoiled it, but trust me, it's still worth reading it through and seeing how, like how Al Ewing kind of like he puts these details in it. It's really thought driven and, and like. I'm like immense you're reading these issues and I'm just riveted to every issue I've ever picked up of this, this series because I'm just so into the gore and the horror and like the mind flipping and like the, just the perspectives of the world around us, like our, the actual reality of the world we live in, he writes into it because that's what we're dealing with. That's the true horror, the true monsters of today. And he's kind of like doing this riff on that. Like the Minotaur is totally in many ways, a version of Trump, a version of these big corporate entities who don't give a crap about us. And they want to just use us as stock and, 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 um, you know, pieces of a game that they play against other corporations. So like, Al does a, an amazing job of incorporating that and like putting it in a fun story with like cool monsters and, and twisted holy shit moments. Like I can't tell you how many times reading this series, I'll pick up an issue and I'll just literally bring my hand on my mouth and go like, oh, Holy crap. I can't believe holy. That's so messed up and crazy. And he just ripped that guy in too. And stuff like that. So uh, yeah. So I, I, I don't know what else to say about it other than, if you guys get the opportunity to pick up, I think there's probably at least two trades out now. It's up to issue 33. So pick up the first trade, definitely. Um, I've, I've been told it's a really good starter. So if you're not into it, that's great. But it's a really good kind of self-contained story. Um, and if you really like it, you can keep reading the other trades or other issues. Uh, yeah, and so check out The uh, the Immortal Hulk by Al E. Wynn and Joe Bennett. Covers by Alex Ross. Yeah, and there's some amazing covers. I'm looking on the Marvel website as we speak. Aren't they cool? They are. There's a lot of cool covers. Issue one's probably the one that like is probably my favorite because they did a cool thing with the um, the Hulk lettering. <clears throat> yeah, like look like bricks. Yeah. Oh, oh, for number one, where yeah. it's kind of like on on the shoulders. Yeah. 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 No, they're cool. I think by my favorite probably would be issue number nineteen. That one looks pretty dope. What's that one again? It's uh it looks like some kind of uh creature coming up from but he's his face his head is hands and screaming mouths and uh, you did have, uh, it looks like file background. I don't know who the character is, but. Well, let's see. Maybe I can go find out. But yeah, so I, I, man, it's 
like I said before, like I really didn't think I'd be into the Hulk, but then this came yeah, out. Like, yeah, he's probably been my least favorite character for Marvel. I've always thought he was cool, but I was like, he was never someone I was planning on reading. Well, and I think I think that was sort of maybe part of the deal that Marvel made with with Al was like, you know, that we're you're taking a gamble on us, but you're also taking a gamble on him because yeah. if this series didn't work, you know, what what the hell are they yeah. gonna do? Yeah, like I think I only have one Hulk comic, and I'm pretty sure it's Hulk, like the first uh, issue of like Hulk uh, 2099, back when that was a big thing. That oh yeah, I remember that. Come did yeah, and that is not a good Hulk. <laughs> no, that was that was a rough Hulk to watch to read. Yeah, I'm trying to think, 19A. Yeah. Okay, let's see here. 19. 16's pretty cool too with uh, Rick Jones sitting on the graveside with the moon the Hulk's face is in the moon that's a good one 16 you said? yeah Yeah. oh yeah, oh, yeah 19 one, yeah. yes oh shoot I forgot about this is the abomination this is the new abomination oh is that abomination? oh yes oh I forgot about this guy yes I went crazy when they revealed this villain um cause essentially like he's like his fingers cover his face and and like uh, it's almost like a predator on steroids yeah as yes. it's just but the picture itself is just sick so cool yeah, yeah. sick i yeah. i would gladly yeah. have that as a poster on my wall yeah um yeah holy shit well and then just like there's other great there's so many great covers for this series um Issue 24 is pretty good. Um, oh, issue 25 is really good. Because issue 25 is... Oh, the, like the, co- the Cosmos one? Cosmos the, one, yeah. yeah. Um, 29's pretty cool with the three-headed bat dragon thing. Three-headed bat dragon thing? Yeah, issue 29. I'm trying to think three-headed bat dragon Still there? Yep. Okay. So. Uh, it's probably buried somewhere in here. I don't know. It's... I hope it is. Twenty nine, you said, right? Yeah. They're not in order. Well, no. These are. I'm actually going into my big pile that I got a seal. Oh. Oh yeah. Oh okay. yeah. It's like a Godzilla villain. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I should, I should probably seal yeah. these up soon. Anyway, we won't get into that. <clears throat> you don't, you don't seal them as soon as you're done reading them. No, no. I, yeah, I ain't got time for that. <laughs> yeah. Why? Well, I, I still. Like, yeah, What's that? I said, you, yeah, I do the same thing, actually. They kind of collect in the back of my comic book bag until one day I decide to open up all my boxes and put them away. I actually, I was meaning to do this this weekend, but I had a case of the pocket, so. Yeah. <clears throat> no, it is a pain in the ass. You know, you got to open the box. You got to figure out where you left off and put the comic in. 
And probably for you, it's probably a lot harder because you probably have more than three boxes. Yes, I have, I think, 15 or something like that. Long boxes or short boxes? Uh, mostly long boxes. Actually, it's so bad I have to have a uh, card to like tell me where things are. So I have... Yeah. I believe it because I have... I have sticky notes on the front of all my boxes telling me what titles are in those boxes because I always can't seem to remember. Yeah, I have... The only ones I remember is Batman because all my Batman comics go inside my Batman box. All my other boxes are just white, so it's a little harder to... I have 14 remember. long boxes. Four, 13 or 14. Holy Jesus. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Not as much as some people you, you would like encounter like comic conventions and stuff. So yes, very informative issue of uh, two beards, one comic. It is. It is. Um, what was it? I, there was something you said something during the podcast and I was like, Oh yeah. News. Uh, oh, apparently there's a new yellow Hulk within now the continuity. Really? Yeah, apparently he's in a. I think he's in a Avengers comic. He just debuted, like just oh. uh, came in out. Like on, let me find. I saw it just a little while ago. Well, actually, that's another thing I was going to say. What's cool about this series is like I'm kind of like I don't like it when, um, you're reading a series and then another like there's another series and then they have an event. So then you got to read your series. Oh. DC is so bad for that. Yeah, and you got to read your series, the event connecting series, and then the other series to understand what's happening in the connecting series. And then, because that series is dripping into your series now, I, I hate that. I hate it so much because yeah. it's such a money grab. What's so well, cool... They, they do it so often for Batman because, unfortunately, DC has figured out, like, oh, Batman's, you know, there's a Nightwing title, a Robin title, you know, so-and-so title. And next you know, they do this, you know... Uh, you know, Bane storyline, and all of a sudden now it's like, well, you can you can read it by just reading the Batman storyline, but you're not going to know what happened. Like they'll like have those little yellow things on the corners going like, yeah, because Nightwing will say like, oh, so and so on the fight at so and so, and they'll be like, to know what he's talking about, go read issue 27 of Nightwing and go yeah. like I'm not fucking buying Nightwing <laughs> well, what's especially cool about, now they destroyed well, the character yeah they destroyed the character well cause he got shot in the head oh, right? right? can't remember who he is now, That's too. now he's like this dark and brooding character who doesn't want to be Nightwing but he's fighting with his inner demons and it's not who Dick Grayson is, but like, and he doesn't go by Dick Grayson. He wants to go by, I think it's like Richard now, like, uh, or something like that, or Rick. Like, it's just they completely changed the character. Now he's like this dark and brooding character. Like when Alfred dies, like he like basically doesn't give a shit because he doesn't remember who Alfred is. Like he doesn't like. Which it is himself. sad because like Dick Grayson and Alfred had a really good relationship. Well, and to me, Dick Grayson has always been like, you know, the he's the son. circus boy. Like, yeah. you mean like he's the good son. And then all of a sudden, like, he's like 
even uh, they sum it up really well in the Alfred like farewell issue is even like the red hood like Jason Todd goes like like you you're bigger than dick than I am like you know what I mean like and that's saying a lot for Jason to go yeah hey, you're a fucking bigger dick than I am like holy shit like calm down buddy anyways you're saying that I got on a rant there that's all right well and, and you're right and that's what's cool about this Mortal Hulk series is they do not do that like even when there was like a series where they brought back the Defenders, so they brought back the Hulk, Silver Surfer, uh, Doctor Strange, and Namor, and there was like it was some sort of short mini series. They used the Immortal Hulk as part of that story because they needed the original Hulk, um, but they did not require you to read that to understand what's going on in Mortal Hulk, or vice versa. Um, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's another story like when Fantastic Four I was, I was trying to read Fantastic Four didn't like really get into it um, but there's another story where the thing goes on vacation and he gets pulled in some cosmic battle thing and he has to fight the Hulk and it was the Hulk from Immortal Hulk who got pulled out of his story and had to fight the thing but after the fight the Immortal Hulk said you didn't see me here um, don't tell anyone you saw me and he went back to his own time. And they never mentioned it once in the Immortal Hulk. Like, they didn't yeah. say, oh, he got zapped up out of nowhere. We don't know what happened. Like, they never did that. The What's yeah. so great about this Immortal Hulk series is, like, it is completely 100% standalone. There is no tie-ins. There's no, like, you have to read this other series. It's it's beautiful. Like, it's, it's literally what's so cool about it is you can, you can wait till the whole thing's done. Get the trade paperbacks, have them all, and it's one story. You don't have to flip through mm-hmm. other books. That's it. That's the story done. So, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, what's also really cool too is it hasn't really wavered. Um, like the story's been pretty strong throughout each issue. So uh, I'm quite happy with it. And I'm I'm glad I took the the gamble and the chance on it to read it. So it's become one of my favorites. It's become one of the comics that I. I'm going to keep right. Like I have a dwindling selection now, but it's one of the few that I'm just like, no, I'm going to keep reading this because it's every issue is awesome. Yeah, <clears throat> so, I'm yeah. waiting for DC to get back to. They will like, yeah, like right, like especially just after reading the last issue of Red Hood. Even like as much as I love Red Hood, after I read it, I was like, a part of me just wants to cancel this as a title because it's just it's boring yeah and and that's that's my sort of piece of advice to anyone who wants to get into collecting comics for the sake of reading them if if you ever pick up an issue uh, let's say it's in the middle of a story arc but if you ever pick up an issue read it and go i didn't care about that and especially if you're like i didn't really care about the last issue or the issue before that is a sign to say, okay, I'm not getting this comic anymore. Because that is the only way these publishers will will realize that that needs to be canceled or it needs to be changed or something needs to be shaken up. Because if people yeah. keep buying comics because they just don't want to, they want to be completist, they want to have the whole story. I, I mean, I've, I've, I've <laughs> suffered it from myself. Like, like I can't tell that you how What's that? I, I told myself I'm giving them to issue 50 because I feel like issue 50 is a good, like, if you have 
a series of comics, you're like, well, I have one to 50. It's like, well, okay, I understand. You stopped at 50. It's a good number. So I told yeah. myself, don't issue 45. Give them till issue 50 if they don't. But get publishers have gotten wise to that. So they'll what they'll do is they'll, they'll get a list. Yeah, they'll like they'll like screw the dog until issue 50. And then they'll release this really good story that ties into with the new story at issue 50 to keep people reading it. So they like do that man is 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 well known for issue fifty being the guy. Like yeah. issue fifty. That's that's the one. Everyone's looking for issue fifty. Yeah. Cause something happens in it. Is that true? Like issue I'm, fifty of Batman is like hard no, to find. Maybe that's, like, no, no, I don't think it's hard to find. But like you know, I mean like we if you look at like, you know, when Greg Capullo and Scott Snyder like Issue fifty was a a, uh, true, a yeah. big issue, yeah. right? Yeah. And then you know, when they did the rebirth, you know, rebirth number fifty was another another you know big storyline. I mean, like it's just it's very yeah. common. Yeah, I've I've gotten brutal. Like um, I was reading a series called Last Gods, and oh, yeah. you stopped reading that one? Yeah, and I I stopped reading it because I. Like I, I got into it because like I love Conan, I love sword and sorcery, and this book kind of gave that flair. But reading it was so hard because the dialogue and the language was so, like, how many issues did you get into? I think I got up to issue five, and I don't even oh, think I, I read the last issue, the uh, the issue yeah. five that I got. I don't think I read it. I was just it was just sort of an accident that slipped through the cracks, and like I didn't want to be a dick and not buy it, but I never yeah. read it. Um, and then after that, I just, I told, um, told Tim, actually, I said, just cancel it. Cause it, it just got so boring. It was just yeah. uh, there. Well, and what made it worse was there's these, um, texts that you got to read at the back of it to understand the history of the world. So I think what DC was trying to do is they're trying like Marvel, uh, when they got the rights for Conan, Marvel is doing their own Conan universe. So they're doing, you know, Conan's fighting for something in the past that's affected with the present, blah, blah, blah. So when DC got caught wind of that, Conan being brought back to Marvel, they're like, oh, well, we need to have our own Conan story, our own sword and sorcery story. So they quickly, they, I, don't, I don't know, quickly, but they got this story, The Last Gods, to be like this fantasy epic. And mm. it's just it's just boring. It's just really boring yeah. and it's hard to read. And every, like, I think even issue three or two, I kind of read it. I was like, I, I hope this gets better. And by issue four, I was just like, no, it's not getting better. It's just going to keep going. Um, it also kind of felt like a copy of another series I read called Birthright. And Birthright oh, okay. is like way better. I was actually, when I picked up The Last Gods, I'm kind of thinking, oh, maybe it's something like Birthright. Like it's a fantasy horror thing. But no, it was just boring. Birthright's amazing, though. Birthright's a great story to read. I, like, I can't recommend that series enough either. Um, but yeah, so it, like, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, to people out there collecting, is like, if you ever get to a point where you read a comic and you're, you're not looking forward to the next issue, you finish the one in front of you and you're kind of like, uh, that was, I don't even remember what happened. I don't even care. Cancel it. Just flat out tell your local like retailer like look and tell them why because usually nine times out of ten and this has happened for me a lot of the time i'll tell tim 
or I used to tell, like I, I tell uh, the other guy I used to go to um, uh, another dimension in Calgary to just tell them. Cause nine times out of 10, they'll say, yeah, we've actually got that complaint from other people. It's, it's just boring. Or they themselves have read it and they're like, yeah, it was really boring. I don't know what yeah. the hell they're doing. And so you'll get support. Like, don't be afraid to be like, Oh, I'm sorry. I just like, they're not going to take it as you're not supporting them. Cause you're going to buy other stuff. Yeah. Like, they're going to, have... yeah, there's going to be another series. that's going to pop up. Yeah. But, uh, they don't have any stock in uh, the comics. <laughs> Yeah. As long as you're buying them, they don't care what yeah. titles you're reading. No. Exactly. I so. use myself, especially like on new titles or like re like when they reboot a title, I'll give you the first three issues. If I'm not hooked by the third issue, then I won't continue. Sometimes even the first issue. Like I picked up the newest cable, cable number one, where he's like a young guy. Yeah. I read the first issue and I was like, nope. Like, like not putting that on my file. Like, I got the number one, but that's yeah, it's not that. It's bad. What can you expect from Rob Liefeld? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so I think we're going on a an hour and almost an hour and twenty minutes now. Yeah, so, so we should probably call it. We should call it. I think people are probably getting tired of hearing our voices. I think they so probably too. want to go. They probably want to go find that guy in the Segway. Yeah, make sure he's okay. Yeah. Oh, there he is. That's a good thing. <laughs> so, I guess it's time to say goodbye. Uh, <laughs> so long. So long, fella. Uh, something, something I do. Um, but yeah, so uh, this has been very informative issue. Um, so for our listeners, thanks for tuning in. Please go check out, uh, Mark Wade and Alex Ross's kingdom come. And, uh, also check out Al E. Wing and Joe Bennett's, uh, immortal Hulk. And, uh, tune in next, uh, next issue. And hopefully we can get together again next week and keep up with this weekly post in um so yeah next week jess see you next week all right see this concludes issue number six of two beards one comic